Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. And I'm Jason. And I'm Verlin. Welcome to the Micro Brew Review. This is episode 55. <laughs> and I think what I just learned is that Verlin says his name differently than I say his name. So I'm really glad I let you introduce yourself. Well, that's okay. Most people. It's like emphasis on the Lynn. Well, it, like the magician only with a V. Merlin. I like it. That probably made you wildly popular as a child. Yes. <laughs> well, the ones that were into fantasy. Okay. Well, so our friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, today on the podcast, there is no theme. Just delicious beer, I hope. We're going to find out how delicious. Uh, we can try Verlin's beer, yeah? Yeah, we're going to start with Verlin's pumpkin. Would you like to tell us a little bit well, about it? It's, it's an imperial pumpkin ale. That It's based on a recipe a friend of mine came up with that was just amazing. Uh, it got tweaked a little bit more for my system, and now every year I make it as a demonstration beer at Balderdash at Dill's Tavern. And that's a festival they have only for home brewers every September. Um, the public's invited, but uh, I do the demonstration on it, and I'm getting superstitious because it always comes out good down there, and if I make it up here, not so much. So nothing like driving to Dillsburg just to brew so that you can... Right, and loading up my entire brewery into the back of my pickup truck. So you said the ABV is quite high. 10.2 on this year's batch. Oh, it's Imperial. Remember last Ooh, that's week? that's really good. <laughs> when Jesse was asking what Imperial means? Well, in this case, Imperial pumpkin means... Pumpkin up a notch, just like our stouts and just like our IPAs. Yep. 10.2. Isn't that nice? It is very nice. <laughs> Jason so is so happy into... right now. Yeah, I know. We owe him so much pumpkin beer. This is really a great uh, way to get off the pumpkin beer podcast without me, and I'm still... Oh, that's right. I forgot He about brings that. that up at the most inconvenient moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have pumpkin beer. It is very, very good. Yes. Thank you. See, I've always just... been told that, though, that this is one of the best pumpkin beers. And it, it's interesting. Uh, another guy in the club made one that we had at a club get together. And his was very different as far as direction of the recipe. He used different, uh, he used pumpkin like I do, and then he used the um, um, butternut squash. Yes. And you could tell the difference. And his was more was on the sweet and spicy, where mine goes for the gingery, earthy tones. So it depends on what your, your taste is. It really, are. it's earthy and pumpkin-y without being, Max would like this, it's not pumpkin pie. Yeah, those kind I don't particularly care for. But it's also, I mean, it's pretty smooth for being so high in ABV. Yeah. Dangerous, as Jesse would say. Yeah. Dangerous. Dangerous. It depends on how well you handle your liquor, I guess. That's, that's true. Well, that's, that's kind of my goal in brewing is that if I make an Imperial, I want it drinkable. I don't want it so hot that it, I don't know, lights your nostril hairs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. This lady doesn't have any nostril hair. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen to women, right? <clears throat> no. Man, I get a lot of vanilla on this. Really? Yeah, I really There's do. There's no vanilla added at all. <laughs> wow. Apparently, so Shannon always says that I have a really good palate. I don't necessarily believe her at all. <laughs> well, you know, when you're brewing, though, some of those flavors can come through depending on the malts. There's in in this particular beer. See, it's a good thing I went and got my book. I told you. <laughs> In this beer, there's there's two row pale ale malt, uh, Pilsner malt, Carapils, and torrified wheat as the malts. So those combination together, you'll get like the torrified wheat gives you the mouthfeel and and a little bit of those flavors. Carapils sometimes you'll get vanilla in the background. There's the same thing with the. Yeah, I feel like I'm almost on the exhale getting like a peatiness, like some of the scotches that we had. Yeah. That's why when I said earthy, like that's what I was yeah. identifying with. 
And I think that's a combination of the pumpkin and the ginger. I kind of, I think I goofed on the ginger. I was eyeballing my weights instead of measuring. See, but we're ginger lovers. Like yeah. we uh. really do. I mean, Jason will sit and eat like after the sushi and stuff. He'll just eat whatever ginger's left over sitting around. He loves ginger, so that could be part of why we identify with it so well. Uh huh. It's that nice little punch afterwards. Yeah. Now there was a guy that brought brought a ginger mead to Balderdash and. He was told to come talk to me because of my mead making, and he was a nice guy, and he knew he had met me before. He said, what'd you think? And I said, well, it was great mead, too much ginger. He said, yeah, I thought so. I, I only put in 10 ounces, and I said, I put two ounces in for a batch, and oh, that's a lot. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So I know that you're one of the people who tried to bring me around on barley wine. There's some in the refrigerator. See, every time I'm here, he's like, I'll just sneak you a sip and see how you feel about that. I'm wondering if you've ever had or made a wheat wine after last week when we had no. the harvest dance. No, I have not. I loved it. Well, actually, I've tasted some wheat wines. Okay. And they were okay. Um, ABC just released one as a... Um, That's Appalachian Brewing Company for the oh, non-locals. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, and I haven't tried it yet. And I'm on the fence because, well, you know how I feel about wheat beer. Right. So I haven't tried it yet. That's my newest area of growth, I have to say, is I'm really coming around on wheat beer. Well, I'm, I'm growing on them. Um, I, I go more towards the Hefe's with the complex flavors. American wheats, I haven't found one that I'll drink yet. Interesting. Well, I'll have to, I know you're really good at finding clone recipes. So maybe if I find something like the wheat wine from last week, you yeah. Pull out the parts you like and then discard the parts you don't. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I don't do a lot of wheat beers because I don't care you for them. You have to drink them when you're done. <laughs> that's <laughs> right, that's right. Now, now when Ryan gets back from his current acting gig, we'll probably make some wheat beers because he loves wheat beers. And every once in a while, I get a request. I've never seen him say no to a beer, regardless <laughs> well, of what the kind is. We're working on his palate. Oh, good. Good. So last week, Jason put together some landmark trivia. But I asked him oh, if boy. he could please not for this week. Oh, okay. Because there's no way I can compete against you. <laughs> I wouldn't be so quick to say that. I, mean. I'd, I could probably only name like eight kinds of hops before my brain exploded. And, uh, uh, and the only reason I can name more is because I started brewing. <laughs> that is one of the first questions I think we get whenever we go somewhere is whether or not we actually do the brew. We brew ourselves as well. Constantly. It's, yeah. It's, it's actually, it's got a, quite a renaissance going on right now. It, if you follow the history of it, when it was first made legal in 76, a lot of people went out and started brewing, and then you didn't hear so much about it for a while. And then the craft brew scene started in the late 80s, and then all of a sudden home brewing's picked up again, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Well, and I actually read a really interesting article today about just craft beer picking up in general, uh, not necessarily home brewing, but there's a... You know, and Ian and I talk about it sometimes, sort of like, where's the, where's the peak? You know, I like to think we're still converting people, so we're in, instead of building our own bubble, we're just stealing it from, you know, the big brewers, kind of. Uh, but the article said this is the fourth year in a row with more than double-digit growth in, you know, the craft beer demand for both the number of breweries mm -hmm. uh, as well as, you know, the amount of craft beer consumed and that they don't see it stopping anytime soon. It's not a fluke. It's not an I, accident. No. And um, it's not done. It's still growing. So well, we're, go we're going back to our roots before Prohibition, where each town had its own brewery that brewed the local beer that everybody got or you brewed it in your kitchen. 
uh, and people are looking for something that they can do that's high quality. It's a treat, but it doesn't cost a lot in, in the current situations. It's so time intensive. I mean, that's why we don't do it really is. Right. Well, if you did extract brewing, that's just a couple hours. My daughter's boyfriend got decided he wanted to try it. So we, we did it here. He picked one of my hardest clone recipes. I didn't tell him that at the time <laughs> and he nailed it. And it was maybe two, three hours and then a lot of waiting. Can I ask what is hardest clone? Hardest to do. Right. Okay. So most it, difficult. It was a uh, um, out of my out of my clone recipe book. He had picked one that he had had of mine before, and it was a clone of Skull Splitter oh, from Orkney Brewing. Oh, so very hopsy. No, very high alcohol, <sighs> very malty, peat in it. There's a lot of if you don't get your boil just right, you can. Uh, um, end up with too much caramelization or you can scorch it and that ruins some of the flavor. He nailed it right off the bat. Wow. I didn't tell him it was one of the harder recipes to get right. Um, and so he was thrilled. He's on, I think, batch number eight now. Goodness. And he started in January. I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. It's, really? Ex extract so you've been so your... against it for so long. You I mean, not really against it, but yeah. just not something you've wanted to take on. I, if I could probably borrow a kit from someone to try once or twice, just to see, well, it you, could just be a curiosity, like being a cook, you know, and right, wanting yeah, to understand you, how everything. You've already seen me do the uh, um, all grain. Right. So you come up sometime, we'll do a, an extract batch. We'll plan it out where we've got all the ingredients and just go from there. Pretty sure, pretty sure you mean whole grain, right? <laughs> Not all grain. I got so much flack for that. Because <laughs> when people tell me they brew, the first thing I say is, well, did you are, say you, whole a, grain? are yes. you an extract brewer or are you a whole grain brewer? <laughs> and I mean, it was, I used to be a nutrition educator. So it was all about, you know, eating your whole grains. So I think I probably said this to two dozen people before someone, and I think it was from your brew club, called me out and said, do you mean all grain? I felt like two inches tall. I felt so embarrassed. I was like, why did people not tell me before now? I missed that one. But the truth is that everyone that I asked that question to was an extract brewer. So maybe they didn't know the difference. I don't know. Me meaning the of, difference between all grain and whole grain, not the difference well, between maybe, the types of yeah. I think if they were an all grain brewer, they'd pick up on that and they'd right. say, well, yeah, I use whole grains and then crack them. And well, see, that's what makes sense to me is I, I saw the grains before we started. They were whole, right? Mm -hmm. So it, I, in theory, I thought so, I was asking a logical question, but apparently not so much. Well, yeah, it, it made for a laugh then. All right. Verlinde is, is doing great. So I'm going to um, at least start reading the bottle of the next one so that he's, he's not sitting with an empty glass for too long. Oh, that's, don't, don't rush. Um, if now. you go back, I'm going to guess about six episodes to our last uh, Jordy guest star podcast. The, at the very end, we had this unexpected beer that we just absolutely loved and then felt guilty because we only had eight minutes left to talk about it. it ended up being our ah. by far favorite beer. And it was from a place called RJ Rockers, which is in South Carolina. And it was one of their like Legends of the Deep the Black Pearl was the name of the beer. It was oh, Black is IPA. better and better. Right? That's also, not what we're drinking name. today. <laughs> so you like the Black Pearl? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the, uh, what, Legends of the Black, what was it you said? It was Legends of the Deep series. Legends of the Deep, yeah. Yeah, it was named after a whole bunch of, I believe, different like shipwrecks that had happened off the coast there in South Ooh. Carolina. Uh, but this particular beer was named after the Black Pearl. So, And it's spelled P-E-R-L-E. I think that's the original spelling of the... Not, Boom. Not the the Americans line. ruined it. 
Yeah. <laughs> also, it could be a trademark issue or something like that. That's true. Yeah. That That's could very, be too. Very good point. Um, so I had never heard of this brewery before, never seen it, and was just so excited by how much we loved the beer that I found another RJ Rockers beer, and I wanted to lead with it so that, you know, we're A, sober when we're enjoying it, and B, maybe giving it more than a few minutes at the very end of the podcast. Yeah. So this one, unfortunately, is going to have to be more like a appetizer palate cleanser because it's just one small bottle for the three of us. Yeah. But it is called Bell Ringer, uh, and it's 8.5%. And for the life of me, it does not say on it what style it is beyond ale. Well, since I'm, since I'm checking in on Untapped while we're doing this, we'll see what it is. <laughs> I do like it. says, our high-gravity offering weighs in at 8.5% ABV and is delightfully loaded with malt and hops. This is an ale worthy of your sturdiest goblet or most treasured stein. I thought that was good reincorporation from your yeah, question from the, about steins uh, last week. Yeah. It's an American strong ale, one step below barley wine. Oh! So I don't really know the difference. What it, um, no one's allowed to ask me trivia questions today when he's here. <laughs> I usually just pull it out of places really, the really sun doesn't shine, but he knows, wow. the, he knows these things. What makes you think I'm not doing that? <laughs> you could do it, and we would have no idea. I thought that as I was listening to last week's episode when... Um, Jesse, Jesse was going, wait, India Pale Ale or Imperial Pale Ale? Oh, what does the, the IPA that. stand for? And, and it depends. And exactly. And well, a stout versus an imperial stout. And I'm listening to myself as I was going on a walk yesterday. And I was like, oh, thank God I got those right under pressure because I would feel like a complete well, false I, advertisement if I didn't know the answer. Actually, this gives me a chance to use a new app I loaded on um, on on beer styles and things like that. And I just lost it. We're constantly on the search for good beer apps, so I'd well, love to know. This, well, this one's kind of like a brewer's app. And this, this one, it's got a flavor, a flavor wheel so that I can pick the flavors out, and it's a judge's tool, and it, I can actually take a picture with my camera that uh, does a um, SRM analysis of it. It's, for a ju it's a judge's tool, basically. Wow. wow. Although we played with it at one of the meetings and found out that the analyzer is a little off. Well, uh, shoot, because I was totally thinking about creating an app that was just like that. So uh, yeah, that's what, I that's guess that's already out there. Part of why I asked is because I knew Jason's been like tossing around ideas of what would be useful. Right. But apparently lots of people think about beer think as about much beer. as we do. Yeah. <laughs> really, I would say, because I'm not, I'm not ever going to find it in the list of beer styles here, um, and it doesn't have a search function. If you make something, make a search function. Okay. Um, but an American strong ale will be an American style ale, so that means there's probably American hops in it. It might be six row in it because that's Americans introduced those. Right. Um, high alcohol if it's a strong ale. A barley wine has got to be over eight percent, and it's going to be a very basic recipe, um, like the the one that we had that, that you've tried that we made as a club. Yes. That one has. I can get if I can find it. I do want to say uh, for the 4th of July when Verlin came over he brought us a few bottles of a legendary beer that his it isn't even a beer it's a barley wine right? Well barley wine's still a beer. Ha! Um, that uh, that was before I started using my book so it's not even in here when I made it. Oh here it is. It, it has a, it has a lot of base malt in, in a barley wine. Okay. You know, like your pale ale malt in this particular case. 
and it had this particular wine had some crystal caramel chocolate malt special malts a lot of times they won't have that they'll be very simple beers that you're going for high alcohol and to age okay we're an american strong ale they may take okay i'm going to take uh um, i'm an imperial pale ale with an american style could be considered an american strong ale well and i'm I would not have expected it to be any lighter than this. For some reason, whenever I have a strong ale, it's not necessarily, you know, chocolatey and warm, but it certainly is not, like, got pale ale colors. But there'll be caramel malts in it. Yeah. You can smell that right off the bat. Also, to be honest, I love the head on this. I really like the creamier, like, smaller bubbled. um, I just think that it's more, you're you're getting more out of the experience Mm. when you're drinking through a head like that instead of a really fluffy, frothy kind of head. Yeah. That's a personal opinion, like preference. Well, and when they judge the beers, they look for a tight head like this because that's how you get your, your aromas. Okay, you that makes sense. you the glass to your mouth and the aromas come out. That's why they talk about the different so- styles of glasses when you're drinking. Um, if you get something that's a heavy stout or uh, some of the more imperial beers, they recommend a tulip glass or a snifter. Uh, because and, and I've played with it. I put it in a tumbler and then put it in a, in a uh, brandy snifter. And the experience is it's completely different. sort of pushing different. all of the right. aromas right towards your nose. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Why would you want a wider one then? Is it that there are so much aroma or what, what is the benefit? No, there'd be, there's no real aroma benefit to get from it. Okay. It's, the aroma, it's either a very one-dimensional aroma or that's not where the beer's strengths lie. The beer's strengths lie in its overall flavor. So you, Which makes sense, because if you look at a pint glass, I mean, that's where your yingling right. is, or that's and, where your... Well, longer, these are easy longer. to clean, yeah. and they're cheap. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that makes sense, too. <laughs> you're not necessarily drinking it for the aroma. You're well, drinking it for the... <laughs> I really like this. I like this one. You like it? Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't... RJ Rockers had never been on my... I found it at a Wegmans is where I first found it. Wegmans is doing a good job of getting nice beers. But I would... I mean... I might go to South Carolina because everything I've had of theirs being the two beers that I've had of theirs so far, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, this is is good. I'm still way behind. I know. Who's the baby tomato today, (laughs) Jason? I'm the baby tomato. He's still on the pumpkin. Ketchup. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So could you tell us a little more about that barley wine story? Just because the fact that Ian actually hid bottles of this in his parents' basement so that we can't... See, I thought you were the one that hid them. No. We'll I wouldn't know where anything is in his parents' basement. We'll see, so. all the more reason to share that bottle before you leave. That's true. That's true. Um, well, it was an experiment. One of, the, one of the guys in the club, when we went to Dill's Tavern the first time to talk about organizing Balderdash, um, which is a fundraiser to help support the tavern. Dill's Tavern is a... Uh, very down in Dillsburg is a very old, old tavern. It dates from the late 16, early 1700s. Wow! Uh, it's the oldest distillery on the East Coast. They actually uh, were rivals with Mount Vernon. And they're trying to get a, a historical distiller's license so that they can brew down there. But they approached us. Their 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 woodworker approached us about. Doing this idea of having a brewer's fest that was nothing but homebrewers. Um, and your payment was either you brought a batch of beer to share or you paid $20 to come taste. And um, Probably yeah. the cheapest beer 
festival I've ever heard twenty dollars to come <laughs> yeah. drink all of the. Yeah, and and you've got a lot of beer geeks in something like that. It was it's the first year we thought was pretty amazing. It's tripled in size this year. This was our third year doing it, I think. Did it rain every year? I remember the one year was like a torrential. It was only that one year, and they had a great big tent for us, so the only downside was the musicians had to all go inside, and the barn blocked it, so I couldn't hear because I had to stay with my brew. Right. Um, But I do a demonstration with my pumpkin ale, Um, and what happened is he has a bunch of whiskey barrels that he's been collecting, hoping to get the distillery open. One of the guys who does a lot of aging in barrels talked to him about it, and in recompense for him giving a lecture on how you age in barrels he got he got a 55 gallon barrel wow so we we came up with the idea the first one we did was a was a uh, bourbon barrel porter aged oh. in the barrel that got flushed. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> well you, oh you got to try that at albert's house that re- the one that we had there yes that was the recipe we used to age that was delicious and then we decided to do the barley wine so it was, took about three months for everybody to agree on the recipe Everybody has to make the exact same recipe. You cannot deviate or that, well, you can, but in this case, no. Everybody got together, brewed it, and we met, said, okay, here's the date you have to brew by because everything has to be attenuated. All the yeast has got to be gone because cleaning yeast out of a wood barrel is really a pain. And then we all met on June 1st, somewhere around the 1st of 2012 to put the beer in the barrel. And it had to be a unanimous taste test from everybody that participated. So that's 10 brewers tasting it. None of the beers tasted the same. Oh, my gosh. Identical recipes. Most of us have about the same, you know, the the same uh, methodology, but our waters are all different. Some of the methodologies are different. We had from 9.5% to 12.5% going into the barrel. Um, And then there were some that were a little harsh. Well, those would be mellowed by the others. There was one that was... Rocket, it was just rocket fuel going in. It was so strong. Mine was voted the most dangerous, but I think it's because my water's so soft from my right. system. They didn't believe it was 10.5%. And then you top it off. Did anyone birth. not make the cut? Like no, the, everybody makes, right. so far everybody's made the cut. This is a good group. There's some talent in, in our group. I just have this great mental picture of like everyone standing around the biggest barrel my brain can fathom and like just dumping gallons and gallons of beer into it. It's really kind of a fun afternoon. Yeah, now yeah, we, we brought that and so everybody's beer and made a straw, the cut. right? <laughs> well, it's not quite ready then. Right. Because it's got to age. I mean, you could drink it because it was fully fermented. So it blends and you top it off with bourbon. Well, the wood will soak up the beer over the, over the season. There'll be evaporation, so it was topped off with more bourbon. And on the first weekend in June this year, we all got together and got our share. And uh, it ended up being about three gallons a person. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel dirty talking about it because it is so good. It's sort of like the best beer I've ever had is the Firestone Walker 16th anniversary. This is the equivalent of that for me, is it's just when I am experiencing it, I don't even feel like I'm drinking a beer. I feel like I'm just having a culinary, like my palate is so excited and there's so much complexity and it's just, it's so satisfying. And I kid you not, he brought, what, four bottles of this? Uh, I I think I brought three, three or four, I don't remember. We opened one at the 4th of July and the rest of them Ian hid somewhere. (laughs) Probably, I hope in a time capsule because they're only going to get better as time goes on. Right, this is a beer to age. 
because um, he said if they're near, if they're somewhere we see them, we're gonna want to drink them. They're fantastic. So he said, I'm gonna go like bury them in the backyard <laughs> so that I never want to drink them. Um, but I walked around this, you know, 98 degree day, handing out a sip. Like I'd only give people because we only had, you know, a bottle and what 45, 50 guests. You're right. And if you if I didn't think you were a beer appreciator. You weren't going to get any. I was surprised how many people liked it that I did not think would. The, it was so good. Because uh, uh, that's that's a heavy, complex wine, and it's like giving a a, a, a Chateau Neuf de Pauvre to somebody that's drank Mad Dog all their life. <laughs> and what he said. Which is what got started on. Yeah. Mad Dog. <laughs> We passed Mountain Liquors on the way here, and I was like, I remember college because they had the best Boone's Farm selection, oh. and now I feel embarrassed saying that out loud. <laughs> I didn't think that was still around anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, my god. But in Pennsylvania, you can get like three kinds of Boone's Farm, but right over the line in Maryland, you can get 15. Yeah, but same in California. That was the... Not that you should. I can't believe they're still in business. Well, see, that's what... 21-year-olds oh. will keep them going forever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Boone's Farm was popular when I was that age and I lived in California it's also three dollars a bottle like it's perfect for a college student's budget and it's tastes good yeah but if you live at the base of the Napa Valley back then you can go up to the winery and get a good wine for three dollars a bottle <laughs> <laughs> but you have to know that it's good it was a cheap on which date. note this beer makes me very happy this yeah, is like a this good one? beer I think it's fantastic yeah, I give this one a five out of five I wow, really really, yeah, really like, like it that. that's a Verlin stamp of approval it's that's... well and that's what he looked like the whole time we were at Detroit. I mean, I've never seen him as oh happy my. as like, yeah. the couple hours we were in Are Detroit. Are they going to ever get open? <laughs> uh, well, the government shutdown didn't help. No, it But they did get a bunch of their paperwork the day after the shutdown ended. So apparently it was in a pipeline somewhere waiting. I'm sure. According I'm sure. to their website. And it's not everything was shut down. You know, being a federal employee myself, I understand it a little bit more. and get very incensed with some of people's comments on it. Well, you know. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I just started blocking things from Facebook. <laughs> More like, hey, everybody who watches Fox News, I don't care how like much you're my friend and I feel that you're a logical human. When you back up your argument with a Fox News story, I don't believe you. Yeah. The end. I well, just you know, don't. I think Attila the Hunza uh, is a uh, left liberal. And I found myself arguing more with conservative people than liberal people about this. So Yeah, I just... Leaving it, leaving it out of everything. Yes. And glad that it's over. Uh, but yes, it now. has helped Detroit. Yes. Well, they, have, they have started to move forward. Um, this is hoppy, Jason. See, See I don't really get a whole lot of yeah, hops out I'm of that get, at all. I'm getting a balance of hops and malt. I think you're outvoted. I don't think that it's not <laughs> not hop. I mean, it is balanced. I think it's very balanced. But I also think that you're getting more hop than wheat. Well, or no. malt. No? Bar Still no? This is such a big beer, though. Well, let's see what the description says on it. But this is such a big beer. I'm happy. And that wasn't I guess a I'm cheating if I'm using my uh, phone, aren't I? That's all right. I mean, we have rules against that, but we break them every week. Oh, so. okay. I get a lot of fruitiness out of this beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the fruit, too. Like a blueberry-raspberry so mix. I, I talked to the brewer at the new um, Gettysburg Brew Works. Have you been down there by chance? Not yet. All right. So it used to be back when we went to college, it was a place called Getty's Brew, which apparently, according to all of the online reviews, was not worth your tourist stop. There's a lot of other places you should have gone in Gettysburg. Um, since then, it has been taken over, revamped, reimagined, and is now Gettysburg Brew Works. And their feedback has been awesome. Um, and I was talking to their brewer the other week, and 
I was trying to, I wanted a couple of growlers and was trying to figure out what I was in the mood for and what I could cook with to pair and things like that. And he had an IPA and a double IPA, which given the option, I usually go for the double of whatever you're <laughs> offering me. Uh, but the IPA was straight Simcoe hops. And I just oh. said, no, it's not. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. I said, I, and then the double IPA was called the Robert E. Lee double IPA. And I'm like, how fantastic is that? Of course, that's the one I need. But I told him very honestly, and I was trying to be delicate as possible, but as I don't mind hops in the right balance, which is why I think this right. is delicious. It's very balanced. Yes. Um, but Simcoe and I just, it's not, it's like my least favorite hop. And he said, there's something about a women's palate. For some reason, all we taste is cat pee. And I don't know the scientific uh, thing behind that. It's not just women. Yeah, no, it's but really it's, not. I was picking up, we, uh, the brew store, got a, Brad got us a, a uh, bulk buy for the club. So I was picking my grains up. It was late Wednesday. And what do you do in a brew store when you go pick up your grains? Drink you things. drink. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to that brew store. They have a draft thing on the, it's sort of like bring a glass and just fill it up while you no, shop. No, they have glasses. Um, and, awesome. and a new so employee fun. has started brewing. And so he had a double IPA he made there. And it had just a touch of Simcoe hops in it, and he wanted to know my opinion. And there was a trick to why. Because everybody there, the store manager, myself, another guy from the brew club, another brewer, and the kid that made the beer didn't like Simcoe hops. Okay. So you got five brewers unanimously don't like Simcoe hops. Why are they so popular? Are they cheap? I mean, I no, mean, they're, they're what's the same the price redeeming? as any. I don't know. I just. Cat pee's a good description. <laughs> I don't usually mind them blended, but yeah, my blended. nose can always see it coming. You know, when you're putting your nose in that glass and there's Simcoe in there, it's like... Well, his, his it was such a low addition, and he had so many other hops in there, I thought it was well-balanced. Now, I'll never put that in my IPA. <laughs> so he did a good job. He did a great job. It was a great beer, and he used Simcoe just to say he did, but he said he didn't like Simcoe either, so... So I'm going to let you pick the next one. Oh. Um, I mean, we're going to drink them both, but in terms of the order, because I know that we get in such trouble for mixing our palate up. But you got excited talking about the Black Pearl. So next mm -hmm. we've got a Dogzilla Black IPA. Okay. I love that label. It's so fantastic. And then just because it's Sunday, I thought we should mix things up with a little Lucifer, which is a Belgian <laughs> ale. It's a Belgian. Let's do the Black IPA, because the Belgian's going to kill our palates. Okay. <laughs> Really, it's the fire on the label that he thinks is going to kill our palates, probably. But it is a great label, though. Isn't the it? The Dogzilla. Yeah, that is a yeah. good label. All right. I like the planes. I like that there are planes circling the Dogzilla. Just like as if it were Godzilla. All right. Chug now or forever hold your foot. Here we go. All right. guess I should have brought a pitcher of water out to so, run. I mean, I thought that for half a second, and then I thought, you know what? We live life on the edge. Oh, I found unless you're going straight to... Let me move that closer to you. <laughs> unless you're going straight to... You don't want to wear a, some Dogzilla? No, I don't I'd, know I'd rather not. There's times... I know that we, we were very diligent about um, rinsing for the rhubarb episode, but I think that's yeah. because each style was so very different. Yeah, that was... Um, I'm still really pleased with the way that came out. I was quite I thought I would have at least two gallons of swill out of that experiment. For the record, I was a little nervous because I probably bought this RJ Rocker's... I'm going to say two or three months ago. Yeah, but a strong ale will age. And, but when I went to put it in my cooler this morning, it definitely had what looked to be some debris hanging out in it, which I'm not, that doesn't make me nervous. I kind of 
like. Oh, in the in which the 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 rock rockers, or? the bell ringer. That might be. A, well, I didn't. But when we that. poured it, I think it really, maybe it was like the carbonation in the head and everything and that it just, it turned creamy and... Oh, that could be. I had the bottom of the bottle though and mine looked unfiltered and fantastic. Oh, that's pretty. It's lighter than most of my black IPAs. Yeah, but which it's I just like. got that garnet color coming through. Yeah. Ooh. Oh Says my gosh. The, the nose guy. on it is great too. Says the color that guy. smells like peanut butter. Oh, there's Simcoe in it. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Reintroduction right there. Did you see what happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not read up on that. But that that being said, I think they did well with it. If they I think they get a five just because they made a Simcoe beer that I'll drink. Wow. <clears throat> so wait a second, that's two fives in a row? Yeah, that's Well You're you gonna know, make me nervous to pick beer to just just some podcast with you on. Well, if you buy quality beer, it, it's all good. I mean, and there's some that I'm going to rate as a five that somebody else will say, that's a three and a half. I hate right. that beer. We were just looking that up on the way here, though. Yes, the, we were. There was one that was on Beer Advocate that was a 76 out of 100, and another one that was a... On Rate Beer like was like 26 a... 26 out yeah. of 100, yeah. Yeah, so that it, amazing. it depends on what people like. I've, there was, oh, I forget what it was. There was one that was rated as like 95 out of 100 one time, and I hated it. Yeah. You're, that was Jason with the. I do that um, a lot, actually. Yeah. This the Brooklyn with the oh man, I can Sriracha Ace. Yeah. You didn't like the Sriracha Ace like at, all, at all, and neither did Sean really, and it was like a ninety-five or ninety-six. I thought it was. Yeah. See, I've heard of it, but I haven't beer. had a chance to try it. We'll make that. You, happen. you made a face. You're not so. Ah. Uh, you're probably okay. getting this. Let the me give you a little bit. It's a fetchingly good beer by Laughing Dog Brewing, and Laughing Dog is out of Ponderay, uh. Idaho. Hey, that's close uh, to where like I was either. born. Yeah, I think Verlin gets the rest of this bottle. I saved a little. <laughs> Just for it you. It does have one problem, and I think that's a storage problem. Are you getting oh. that stale tea flavor in the back? Yes. Yes, like black tea that's bitter and... Yeah. It, that it, happens it, when you store your beer too warm. Oh. Well, that would surprise me, though. All right, so it was bottled at the end of May <laughs> of this year, mm -hmm. and it has been only in our chilled beer closet in the basement yeah but i mean it really probably never got above ipas aren't made to store that's true that's where i messed and up and what happened when it came how did it get from idaho to here touche in a big truck that probably well, you should have there. this oh, enjoy okay. that <laughs> don't say i never got you anything. i i think if you got this fresh it would be a knockout um, i need to ian keeps pressuring me two things number one he wants me to get a labeler Mm -hmm. So that when I buy beer, I can put a little thing on it that says drink by, so that if it's an IPA, I know, hey, you've got like 60 days, get on this. Yeah. Um, but them, he also well, wants me to do like a spreadsheet. So that I, good. I'm just trying to imagine the backlog that you would have. You'd have to have <laughs> some sort of spreadsheet that says you must drink. And so each day you're going through and like, well, I've got to drink this beer today. You've got 10 in a row that you've got to do. I would basically be it's like. It's a tough life. I'd I mean, be that's running a first like world problem in half end, marathons but. every day so I could come home and drink the seven IPAs that are waiting See, for me. That's why I ride bikes. So my knees don't give out. Yeah. I <laughs> Wait, bright side. You need to get on that, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a little bit of a down check because of the, um, I was going to give it about a three and a half out of five. Uh, I'm going to give it a four because it's balanced, but it, I think it would be higher if it had been stored properly on the way to you. Um, thanks for, thanks for blaming that on the truck. I appreciate <laughs> that. I, no, I, I, because if you store it, 
It, it I mean, it is, the, it is the coolest place in our house. I mean, yeah. really, there's no shower, light. Right? There's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no light. It's very cool. It's surrounded yeah. by, like, cold stone. So I can't fathom yeah. it got no. to be more than, like, 65. And, and a lot of stores, I know you go to the, the better stores, but you don't know what they've done with it. Right. Yeah. And uh, something like this, and the only difference between this and an IPA is its color. And if an IPA is stored incorrectly, it goes south fast. So I get this question a lot. And I have my punt answer, but I would like your actual answer. The difference between an IPA and a black IPA. Um, with a black IPA, in fact, a black IPA is the first all grain I ever made. Okay. A black Whole grain. I Whole grain. <laughs> 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 Boom, long distance five right long there. Long distance um, fist pump. <laughs> a, bla a black IPA, which I don't like using that name. I like using the Cascadian name. If you see a Cascadian or black IPA, it's the same beer. Okay. And it was before. brewers that thought, well, we have a light-colored imperial pale ale. Why don't we come up with something that's dark and hoppy? I say that you roast the grain. It's roasted grain. Wow. It's, it's you. Color me surprised. <laughs> now, a lot of breweries make the mistake, and they'll add black patent or chocolate malts, which gives it a roasty flavor. Right. You've just made a hopped stout. That makes sense. Um, which what is, the original recipe which is okay if that's what you're going for but not if you're going for black the, IPA. Yeah, if you want a black ipa or cascadian you want roasted barley and dehusked barley okay because then you get rid of those tannins that give the stout and porters their flavors all comes back to tannins just like wine tasting yeah that's true. yeah, yeah. That's really i i've actually well my daughter's picked up making wine so she she can't lift some of the things so i get drafted to go help lift and and, and because of the brewing experience. And I find winemaking boring. Why, is that just too much waiting or? No, there's, there's nothing to do. You, you get your ingredients, mix them, and then wait. Where, now she's, you know. I, Does it feel like less of an art in some ways? Yeah, just it, not to it? an extent. Okay. But then, of course, she said, well, I'm gonna go get the juices next year. You know, she's made two batches. Did you ask her if she's going to make us a rhubarb? <laughs> Did you get the rhubarb extract from a wine shop? She's actually about it because she was there when I picked it up. I she mean, Cousin Max is charming. He could persuade her. It could happen. Hey, she's, well. Jason, I, I thought for sure you'd jump on that. <laughs> I do. Well, I have a coworker that loves rhubarb. Like, oh, I thought you were going to say love Cousin Max. It. I was like, yes, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know where she gets it from, but she, she'll look at something and say, oh, I can do this with it. Awesome. And go that direction. I can't imagine. Apparently, she was born with your palate, but <laughs> she just feels that draw toward wine instead of beer. Well, she, yeah, she, she, well, she, you know, just like her mother, she doesn't like all the bubbles, um, and that's fine. It's you know, every time I help her make, we get a half a case of wine that comes back to the house. Wow, I help nice. her with it, you so. know the coolest people. <laughs> <laughs> we got an in for everything. <laughs> Wine and beer related, yes. But, but <laughs> Pretty much, or tickets in the That's greater true. Philadelphia That's area. True. If we really wanted to see your show, we could make that happen too. <laughs> yeah. Beers are, are more complex. There's more to, to making it. Where the wine, if you get bad fruit, you're going to have a bad wine. Right. It's as simple as that. And if you live in Pennsylvania, fruit is all your wine is made of. And that fruit is probably not a grape. Let's be honest. Well, and Pennsylvania is a great clim microclimate for growing grapes. And they've discovered that because uh, Perry County is getting a lot of micro 
wineries. Is that where Harrisburg is? Is that? No, that's Dauphin County, just north of it. Oh, the mountain out you can see out our window. Uh-huh. On the other side is Perry County. So north of north. Dauphin. Okay. And it's a German, but the problem is the bigger wineries in Pennsylvania have tried to make the French style wines in this climate isn't French style, it's German style wines which means sweeter grapes. It Riesling, Gewürztraminer. Right. My absolute favorite wines are all German wines. Yep. So, and they've discovered that up in Perry County and they make some awesome wines up there. And there's some down in Gettysburg area too. I feel like you could distill a lot of what we're talking about right now into the old, the adage of wine is made by God, beer is made by man statement, right? Or is that how I that was thinking goes? that earlier, yes. Uh, yeah. it's, that's how the adage goes because wine like grapes make their own yeast right like if you see if you're in the grocery store and you see that sort of cloudy film on the outside of grapes that's yeast so given enough time they will distill themselves sort mm -hmm. of you don't really need to get involved it helps the process if oh, you yeah. do whereas you know i've watched a few documentaries on how a brewing came to be and there's a lot of ifs and I like a lot of conjecture. Yes. We don't know. There was yeah. probably a leaky roof in Pompeii after a really big <laughs> harvest of corn. You know, it's like, oh, come Actually, on, guys. after the volcano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they got the smoke beer. Right. Yeah. Oh, but I'm chicken. That was good. Um, but beer is not going to make itself. Like, man has to intervene. Right. And but it, it begs the question, how did they figure that out? We watched that video on Netflix, the, what was it? The history beer of beer, saved the world. how beer saved the world. Yes. Yeah. They go through a couple of the different hypotheses behind Jason that. Jason was a philosophy major. He saw all the holes in the argument, but still appreciated what they were going for. It was for. Quite, obviously, quite obvious that they were trying to fit the data that they found to yeah, the hypothesis Yeah, that drives me crazy. Yeah. I was a philosophy major until I found out the Navy wouldn't pay for me to go to school as a philosophy major. <laughs> My it's philosophy true. said stay in the dead-end retail sales job or get a degree and become a naval officer and move on from there. You could write obituaries like I did right out of school. <laughs> That's another good thing you could do with a philosophy degree. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing's as philosophical as death, though, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah. Boom. I'm going to try to buy us some time since obviously it took a little longer on the Black IPA than it did maybe on that bell ringer. And I'm going to plug something awesome that's coming up. Yes. Because we like to talk about what's going on in our area. Uh, it is November 9th, which is a Saturday, second Saturday in November. And it is called the Craft Beer Express. So I have never participated in this before, but I've had some friends who did and said that, said that it was a really great day out in Philly, especially mm -hmm. because we talk a lot about how it's such a great beer city. So a couple of the bars who are more known for their craft beer lists got together and decided that they were going to sponsor this. It's a bus. It's a, not a school bus. You're not going to look like a convict driving around Philly. <laughs> I always feel like when you see grown-ups in when school, I see a school buses, bus, I mean, you know, no. I think, oh, man, there are a bunch of convicts on that. I feel like when you see adults in school buses, spread. you get a little nervous. <laughs> like, why exactly? <laughs> All right. Bad analogy. I'm getting in trouble for that one. All right. <laughs> But they realized that they had the same clientele, people who really love these, you know, craft bars, but they are all over the city. They're not necessarily all in one block or in one region or whatever. So I think it started about three years ago. These bars got together and they sponsored the Craft Beer Express. And it's uh, 12 different places. It's all over the city. And you basically buy a ticket or a wristband, or it depends on where you are mm -hmm. and what you've got. But from 11 to 7, you can go from bar to bar, the bus runs every 20 minutes, 
And it's really unstructured is what I like about oh, wow. it. Is that this time of year, there's so many like beer crawls and bar crawls and all of this stuff. I know there's a lot of, I've been seeing advertisements for places where you get dressed up and then you go in this very structured bar crawl. This is a go where you want, do what you want. Um, we decided we are really gonna get behind this idea, getting people in new bars and trying new beers. And Ian and I are gonna go and we have two tickets that we're going to give away for a listener to come with us. Oh, there you go. You should have a contest of some That's sort. exactly how we're going to do it. Because, I mean, how else will we pick just two listeners to come hang out for the day? And you don't have to hang out with us because it's, again, unstructured and free. And so you can go to the bars you want to and, you know. But who would not want to hang out with you and Ian for the day? That's a philosophical question <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that maybe I do or do not want to know the answer to. So... I am going to open the next beer while I talk to you about it, but uh, you can enter on Twitter. You can follow me. I'm at Beer Mistress, and Ian is at Dashing underscore Rogue. We're going to put out a Twitter message that if you retweet, you are entered to win. We're going to put up a Facebook contest where we're going to put up a status about the Craft Beer Express. If you comment on the status, you are entered to win. And we're also going to put a... a Secret clue on our website, dashingrogue.com. And if you email us with the answer to that secret clue, you're entered to win. Oh, so wonderful. we will answer. And there uh, are actually multiple. You can be entered multiple times yes, if you do each thing. You can do each thing. So if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter and you pop onto our website for a second, you can enter three times. Uh -huh. So if you have nothing going on November 9th and you're not, you know, more than an hour, hour and a half outside of Philly, and would like to come enjoy a delicious day. I... I really think it's worth the price of admission, even if you don't win and you want to come out, for all the drink specials that these craft beer bars are going to give you. To so, so what is the price they're charging? On that? I think it's only $10 a person. I mean, I've looked, I'm, it might be 15 the day of, but up until the 9th. Well, even 15 the day of, that, that's... Exactly. And they, one of the stops along the way is the train station, so you can get home safely. You know, it's, it's perfect. So check it out, craftbeerexpress.com. Uh, and keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages uh -huh. so you can enter to win. On November 1st, we will announce winter, the winner. <laughs> Winter's coming, though. <laughs> so. Let's not. Uh, I, I went crazy with people talking about it's fall and it was only September 10th. So. This has been the mildest fall that I remember in a long time. So far, yeah. Hopefully followed up by a heavy winter. Jason, do we need to talk? I think heavy winters are a thing of the past for a while. Thank you. If you'd like to pass me your glass, I'll fill you up with some Lucifer. I think the caterpillars agree with you, actually. We were uh, running on the trail recently, and we were stopped by someone who was very interested in telling us about the caterpillars and what they mean. What the oh, colors oh, mean? Oh, the bears? Yes. Yes. The, the, yeah, the more brown see? there is, the, more, the lighter of right. a winter it's going right, to be or right. something like that. Yeah, like the brown means something different than the black well, well, and how many at, stripes. Yeah, and you look at the, the stripes and, and the front end of the caterpillar is the beginning of winter and the back end is the end of winter and then you just divide him up on his stripes. But one year I saw an all black woolly bear and an all brown woolly bear. So what does that mean? That they should mate and see what happens. <laughs> All right, so Lucifer is a fiery specialty that is a blonde, top-fermented ale that strikes a balance between delicate bitterness, fruity aroma, and a surprising mellowness. So, Jason, this is a Belgian that isn't a triple, so I'm hoping you like We'll see better. how this goes. I'm this not is, usually a Belgian or a triple. Only 8%. That looks like a double. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's very at light. Eight percent. It, it can't be a single. I'm very surprised by that. It's extraordinarily it's, light, isn't it, it? It's pretty. I mean, triples are light though, if you think about yeah, it. Well, it's true. But then quads are so dark yeah, and quad, raisiny. Oh, I love quads. Do yeah, really I like, get the do reason. Do you ever make quads? Um, I have. Uh, actually, it's a. Tr- it's a. Uh, it's either a double or a quad, depending on how it goes. And it that Belgian that I used for the rhubarb. Mm-hmm. It's a um, based on a uh, um, Christmas beer called Scaldus Noel. And I'm not sure if that's a double or a quad. I haven't quite figured that out. I do know I don't have the carbonation right, but I know it's not just me because my daughter's boyfriend makes, he gets the same carbonation issues that I do that open the Belgians over the sink. <laughs> we have a few of his Belgians. So we have with Adroit too, actually. It's, yes. Oh my goodness. I felt a little like you when you're in our kitchen right now. There's some very interesting decorations <laughs> on the ceiling. Yeah. And that's because Adroit was a very lively and festive beer when we to open <laughs> and yes yeah. uh they're soldiers of fortune series it was kind of like an what an ied or what do they call that yes yeah. yes all right so it was kind of like an explosive <laughs> device um that just happened to go straight into the it dented our ceiling i can't i'm hoping that our landlord oh, so never notices because who looks up the cork, I'm right thinking. so we actually had our hand over the cork didn't matter no I it think he got that, a bruise, like right in I the... I did, yeah, wow. but it still hit the ceiling. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. Well, that, that makes me feel better. I'm not the only one that has carbonation issues with Belgian no. styles. Yeah. I, and the best part was after the first one, I was like, oh, it must have been a thing we did by accident. It's probably just us, and then two beers later that are both shooting in different directions. one, we, we opened it like normal, and the second one, yeah. the second one, we were like, all right, this might explode. Let's test it, it out. It just smelled like a frat house in our and kitchen And that's when the bruising days. happened. It was, it was dripping. So the ceiling bad. was dripping. Yeah. <laughs> The ceiling's not supposed to drip, except for in horror movies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's hops dripping from the ceiling. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Once again, I'd like it's to point Belgian. out, look how so Lucifer... cloudy mine is versus yours. Or is no. it just a... Uh, it might be the glass. It could be. All right. That makes me feel so a little So Lucifer better. is a Belgian. Yes. Eight <laughs> percent. Right. That's what we learned today is... <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> what book of the Bible does it say that in? Yeah. I'm, I'm confused. And it tastes Actually, very much different like language, a so no, you never okay. say Lucifer in the Bible unless you've uh, mistranslated things. So this is something interesting for me, probably not for Ooh. most other folks, but I can tell a difference between IPAs. I have a difficult time if it's a beer that I don't do frequently, like a Belgian. I cannot really tell too much of a difference from one Belgian to the next. Well, that makes sense if you don't do it, drink it very often. I yeah. Mean, Belgians have a certain, the yeast gives it a certain flavor profile. Yeah. From there, I mean, at one time, I, before I started really getting into Belgians a lot, it was like, oh, it's a Belgian. And that's the best I could do. Yep. But Belgian, there's always a section of the menu that's Belgian, but they're all over the place. It really oh, yeah. does matter how, just because it's in a Belgian style, there's, you know, Belgians I, love their beer. There's so many styles of beer that it could be. Since, you know, going back to my daughter's boyfriend and his making beer, he's gotten on this Belgian kick. And I've got some in the refrigerator. Maybe I should bring one out. Done. Okay. This is why we hang out, man. <laughs> <laughs> this one he's really proud of. This it. is why I'm always late going home when we oh. hang out, man. <laughs> well, it's, it's, he ha- is becoming a Belgian expert. And he was really bummed one day. I had to pat him on the back because somebody tasted his Belgian quad and said, oh, that's a really good wheat beer. Oh. And all he said is, I hate my life. I said, obviously, <laughs> that wasn't a beer drinker. No. But, I mean, <laughs> I would think a quad versus a wheat beer, how much, what, another 4% ABV at well, least in each sip of it? and the flavor and the color. Yeah. And, and he has nailed 
just absolutely nailed everything he's made. That's fantastic. Which is great. I like the first two thirds of this beer. The finish, the finish is nutty to me. But that's what a this is a sing, This is a single. I would yeah. say this is a heavy single. That's what it's supposed to be. The finish like. is like a very good filtered water. It's, but, but that's the goal in a single. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't drink singles. I mean, I do like it. I like the I like the flavor profile. I like the dominant flavors. I like the color and the texture. Now, now let's go to the end of a summer day. The barbecue's over. You want something after dessert that's not too. I'll heavy. probably finish the rest of the keg. My guest didn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> but this would be perfect. Yeah. It's, it definitely has almost like a, a lemony citrus mm-hmm. thing going on at the very end. I don't know. I can I can see it. I don't know if. I don't know if the name fits with the beer style. I don't I think agree. the name fits. No, no. It's, um, I a think, fun name. Like, it's something, obviously, I picked up because the label is great. And the label's and cool. The, yeah, I, I mean, like that label art. You've got a pitchforked man standing amongst fire. That's that's pretty awesome. It's basic, but, but it really fits with the, yeah. Yeah. But, but think about it. It's all about marketing now. And how are you going to rope in the Budweiser crowd? Right. This would be approachable to them. As and far this as would be a fantastic gift. You're going to a party or, you know, someone's birthday. or Especially Halloween coming up and all that. Yeah, fits this that is, really well. I mean, that bottle would be like, yeah, man, thanks, you got me. Yeah, and, and it's, it's an approachable beer for people that aren't, I mean, a lot of Belgians are in your face. I think it is flavorfully yes. approachable. I think it has two times the ABV of the beer your non-beer drinker would be drinking. You would have to warn them. <laughs> and I've had to do that on several occasions. Right. Don't guzzle that, you just drank a six-pack. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 120 is the same way. I mean, that's a... Yeah, but I think that tastes more alcoholy. Yeah, depending you Depending on how long it's been aged. I mean, you've definitely got the hit of that, but I'm just saying, right. yeah, a lot this of people... This one, the hit doesn't... I mean, Berlin's pumpkin beer that we started the episode with did not taste like a 10% beer. No, not at all. It's not a heavy imperial stout that you're expecting to pack a punch. You think see, it might it, be uh, what a Guinness is, you know, right. three point yeah. whatever. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, an imperial stout's anything over six. Oh. Because stouts are generically low Whoa. Russian Imperials are the exception well sure because they're so cold over there they have to stay well warm what it was is Russian Imperial stouts came about the same way IPAs did a Russian uh, monarch got a hold of English beers and uh, a stout and liked it so much wanted them shipped took a long time then so they had to up the alcohol volume up the hopping level so it would survive the trip and be drinkable when it got there Russian Imperial stout was born See, I told you, you're going to learn so much more from him than me. Well, I do feel like this podcast, whenever Verlin is on, the podcast is much heavier of a beer focus. Verlin <laughs> <laughs> is not on he the podcast. He talks about other things. Yeah. Right. I, I, I do know more things than beer. Yeah. Really. Yeah, oh, yes. no, I believe but, you completely. Yeah, when, we, when we talk but, uh, with other folks, it's about traffic. And, uh, <laughs> uh, this one is much more beer focused. This was awesome. Well, well do we need back. to get the Belgian out? Yeah, it's just little bottles. So we are going to get the Belgian out after we cut off, because otherwise <laughs> our listeners are going to start laughing really. We, You know what? We always have their safety in mind. Yes. And the more we start to drink and they're driving, the more they you know, are distracted from what they're doing because we get ridiculous. So, yes, we're going to try it. Well, I was listening to the Adroit series <laughs> on my way to the Finger Lakes. So. Jason once again says, I don't follow the, the logic of that argument. As a philosophy major, I do not follow that argument. I was just kind of going with her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let me rephrase. 
Uh, Cliff's Notes version. We're going to keep <laughs> drinking after we hang up. <laughs> Good plan. Okay. I like this plan. <laughs> uh, once again, uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook so that you can enter to win tickets to the Craft Beer Express on November 9th. I am at Beer Mistress, and we are always at facebook.com slash Dashing Rogue. Berlin, thank you for having us. Oh, thank you for coming up and joining me. Uh, and, I mean, we bring some beer, you bring some beer, and we all leave happy. Yes. So, yes. Uh, how awesome is that? Maybe one of these days, after I have completely read from cover to cover my companion of beer, we can play trivia. But until then, <laughs> I just even don't. Even then. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, even then, that's going to be tough. Well, what I did last week with Jesse was to make specific questions. So I can make hard questions for the beer mistress and ridiculously hard questions. Oh, okay. For, I was uh, wondering where this was going. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to read so it. So our then. listeners are like, I don't even know the words he's saying. What? What? Yes. Okay. They're, they're, the beer geeks would understand. Beer geeks, beer geeks. I hope we are interesting enough that you want to listen to us. And thank you so much. Rate us on iTunes. We are climbing yes, every five week, stars. and we're doing great. Yes. So thanks so much. Until next time, this is Shannon, your beer mistress. And I'm Jason, and this is Verlin. We'll see you then. I'm taking this part gets edited out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a minute and buy us some time because we needed a little more time on the Black Wait, IPA. Stop. Can you not do it? Can you do it without the all right? Because you launching from all right directly into the thing is uneditable. Sure. So I'm going to try to buy us some nope. time. So does the same thing as all right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different conjunction. Just say I'm going to. Since it seems like it took us a little longer. No, <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. You can't do indefinite conjunctions. You can't. That's a thing. <laughs> yes, he's smarter than us. Let's go. <laughs> My major change to. to linguistics from philosophy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite of loud laugh, quiet laugh. You're still maxed out. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs>